the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, the importance of this to us is that God does not use one formula for evangelism, and neither should we. There is no one perfect, all-encompassing way to share the gospel with another person, because every person is an individual and must be individually approached with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why it works so well that we're individuals as well, those of us who are sharing our faith, and we can reach different people people that others would not be able to reach because of our unique styles. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, and we'll hear more on this as Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno continues to take us through the book of John. He's still in the first chapter. Open your Bible, if you can, and join with him as he starts right around verse 40 on this Monday edition of our broadcast. One of the two heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Messiah and Christ are the same word, one in Hebrew, one in Greek. And we don't know an awful lot about Andrew, but we know a couple of things from the Scriptures. He was evidently a man who was very comfortable in not being prominent. When you read through the Gospels in the New Testament, he is often called the brother, uh, Simon Peter's brother, the brother of Simon Peter. And uh, people maybe not know who Andrew was, but they knew who Simon was, because Simon was rather a boisterous character. And the four first apostles here were Andrew, who brought his brother Peter, and John, who brought his brother James. And you would have thought that the four of them would be Jesus' inner circle. But when you read through the scriptures, you find that Andrew was excluded from that inner circle. There was only three, Peter, James, and John, who were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, or in the room when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, or were close to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, one might think, well, Andrew would have reason to resent something like that, but there's no indication of that at all in the scriptures. He seemed quite content to be available to serve Jesus. He just wanted to be with Jesus and do what he could. And he was characteristic. The three times that we know of him in this scripture, he's always inviting people to come to Jesus. In this first case with his brother Simon, in chapter 6, with the boy and the five loaves and two fishes, in chapter 12, when the Greeks came inquiring. Now, when Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, Jesus looked at Peter, and the word there for looked describes an intense gaze. It's as though Jesus was looking through his eyes into his soul. And when Jesus saw Simon, he said, Your name is Simon, but you're going to be called Cephas, which means a rock. In that ancient world, nearly everyone had two names because Greek was the language of the Roman Empire, and so everybody inherited a Greek name, but they also had their own name in their own language. And so Peter and Cephas is not two different names. It's the same name in two different languages. Now, in the Old Testament, 
A change of name denoted a new beginning or a new relationship. When God gave somebody a new name, it, mean, it meant that there was a change. Abram became Abraham in Genesis 17. And Jacob, the deceiver, became Israel in Genesis 32. And so it described a new relationship. And there was another aspect to Jesus giving Simon a new name, and that was the assertion of authority. You'll remember in Genesis that God gave the man, mankind authority over his creation. And the, one of the first things that mankind did was to name the animals. Naming is an assertion of authority. And so what Jesus was saying is, Simon, you're my man. You're my man. And you're going to become the rock man. Now, he was anything but a rock. We read through the scriptures, he was more like a marshmallow. Um, he was impulsive. He was volatile. He was unreliable. But what Jesus was saying is, there's going to be a change in you. I'm going to change you. The Holy Spirit is going to change you. And there's, there's something that's really great about this for us, because it tells us how Jesus looks at us. He, does, he doesn't look at how we are. He looks at how we can be, what we were created to be, what he created us to be. He says, give your life to me, and I'm going to make you what you were made to be. There was a person who came to Michelangelo one day who was chipping away on a piece of rock, and the question was asked of the sculptor, what are you doing? And Michelangelo is said to have said, I am releasing the angel imprisoned in this marble. Now, God is described as the molder of clay, and we're the clay, and he's molding us. Um, sometimes if we get a little hard, instead of molding us, he has to chisel us. But this marshmallow of a man turned into a rock of a man and became one of the great leaders of the church. Verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So in the first case, disciples sought Jesus. In this case, Jesus sought a disciple. Now, the importance of this to us is that God does not use one formula for evangelism, for reaching lost souls, and neither should we. There is no one perfect, all-encompassing way to share the gospel with another person because every person is an individual and must be individually approached with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. What will work for one person will not necessarily work for another person. And in order for us to know how to approach a certain person, we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Bill Hybels, in his book entitled Just Walk Across the Room, wrote, I am more convinced than ever that the absolute highest value in personal evangelism 
is staying attuned to and cooperative with the Holy Spirit. On the day of my conversion, more than three decades ago, I was filled with an overwhelming hunger to share God's redemptive story with people who had never heard it. Unfortunately, I was committed to doing so with or without the accompanying direction and power of the Holy Spirit. But over the years, I trust that my increasing maturity has factored a little discernment into the equation. The key is this. My objective is not to contrive ways to get someone saved. Rather, my objective is to walk when the Holy Spirit prompts me to walk. Talk when he says to talk. Fall silent when I'm at risk of saying too much. And stay put when he leads me to stay put. You see, effective communication is more than, saying, is more than just saying the right thing. It's saying the right thing at the right time, in the right place, with the right tone, to a ready recipient. And only the Holy Spirit knows when all of these factors are together and present in one place in one person, they are ready to hear and receive the gospel. Jesus said we will need the Holy Spirit. He said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so to be effective in our witnessing requires us to be attuned to the guidance and the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. Now, Philip's home city is given as Bethsaida. And evidently, Nathaniel and Philip knew each other in some way. They might have been business associates or friends or members of the same club. We're not told. But uh, Philip went to Nathaniel, and Nathaniel had this skeptical question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, some people have thought, well, did Nazareth have a bad reputation? Maybe like East Palo Alto or something like that. And uh, no, it wasn't that. When we look through the history books, it's not that Nazareth had a bad reputation. Reputation, it's that it didn't have a reputation. It was like nothing. It was nowheresville. Nothing ever came out of Nazareth, let alone anything good. There's no Old Testament prophets that came out of Nazareth. And that was the context, we believe, of the question. Now, you notice here that Philip didn't argue with Nathaniel or debate him. And not very many people have been argued into Christianity. And the reason for this is because choosing to become a Christian is more than just a matter of the mind. It's a matter of the heart. And I think we can all recognize that the heart is sometimes irrational. And the heart really needs to be transformed. Now, as Nathaniel approached Jesus, Jesus spoke of him as a true Israelite in, in which there's nothing false. There's no deceit. The word deceit there translates a word meaning bait as used in fishing, something to trick the fishes into biting. And uh, what Jesus here is saluting Nathaniel to be a, a straightforward person. And, and Philip says, how do you know me? It's, I, I don't know you. How do you know me? And then Jesus says, I've seen you. I saw you under the fig tree. Now, what is the meaning of that? Well, a fig tree was a large tree and provided a lot of shade from the burning sun of the Middle Eastern day. And so oftentimes people would go out in the afternoon, they'd sit under the tree, they would read God's word, and they would pray. In fact, the ancient rabbis used it as a euphemism for, for praying and reading God's word. Somebody would say, where's Joseph? You know, he's out under the fig tree. And what they were saying was, he's out under the fig tree, praying and reading the scriptures. Now, evidently, something that Jesus said triggered a connection. We don't know what Nathaniel was praying under that fig tree, but maybe he was asking God to give him a signal so that he would know who the Messiah was if the Messiah came, like 
John the Baptist was given a signal. And whatever the case is, we can only conjecture. Nathaniel said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Now, Son of God describes the most close of relationships. And what he was saying is, you have a close relationship with God. But he didn't stop there. He said, you are the King of Israel. Now, he'd just been called an Israelite, so what he was saying is, you are my king. He was committing himself personally. In fact, Jesus confirms that when he says, you believe. And so he is, Nathaniel is the first person in this gospel that Jesus identifies as a believer. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's helping us study verse by verse. The Book of John on our broadcast, we call it Verse by Verse, a daily visit from Pastor Layton and Church of the Highlands, supported by the church and also by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a partner with us financially and help us continue to be on the air each day and spread the Word of God, then get in touch at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Also, click on the contact button on the homepage and let us know that you've tuned in. Encourage us in that way. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. We'll be back at this same time tomorrow to study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.